Mark. How are we doing today, man? Hey, Johnny. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing pretty good. What's going on, man? It's, well, you know, this, this guy, he just kind of came into work the other day. He's, he's this big client. He's from out of town. He, he's this really big account. And my boss is just, he's tasked me with essentially, like, getting this dude's business but he, like, really, like, this guy, he hears I'm from Colorado, and all this guy wants to do is come out here and smoke a bunch of weed and ski down a bunch of mountains, and he seems to think that we all, like, carry guns and stuff with us. Like, apparently, we're all, like, specific crazy uh, congresswomen. You know, it's, I don't know. He's got this whole, just, like, ridiculous view of, of on, on who, who Coloradans are. And for some stupid yeah. reason, he keeps calling me J.R. J.R.? Jay, yeah, like I live in Dallas. Jay, yeah, <laughs> he's a bad guy. Does he live on a ranch with his mom? <laughs> Welcome to Dang On Podcast, guys. <laughs> yeah, wow, that would take. Sorry, just a sec. <laughs> that will never not be funny. It ne- <laughs> never, never. I had to. Like, there's some good stuff in some that got to. away, but I had to for JR. No, no, yeah, you, I would have been disappointed if you hadn't. <laughs> no, yeah, welcome to Dangle Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill retrospective podcast where I, Mark, and my buddy... Johnny. We take episodes, take two episodes of King of the Hill and break them down and hit them with our patented rating system and see if they still hold up. And yeah, I think that's about it, right, buddy? That sounds about right, man. Well, Mark, you ready to jump right into this week's episodes? Yeah, let's get after it, buddy. All what right. do you got for us? Well, we are right in the thick of season two, and we're going to do go with episode... And I'm not doing season episodes at this point. I'm just going to do episode numbers. So we are on episode 20 of the series, The Sun That Got Away. Okay. Uh, we, we have an original air date of November 23, 1997. Let's see, November 23rd of 97. That would have made me... So, let's see, eight years old, almost nine? Oh, Like, just before my ninth birthday? Yeah. Yeah, which would have made you about nine or ten? Because you're about ten a year ish? older than me. Ten-ish, yeah. Ten-ish? Yeah, just about, yeah. Yeah. At least I think if that's you're getting into nine, I'm getting into ten, yeah. 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 Well, I don't remember oh, much man. from being nine years old, other than I'm pretty sure at this point I was still balls deep in Pokemon, so... I was balls deep in Pokemon, and I think we lived in Palmer Lake at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alrighty. If you're tracking the Mark Jones timeline, I moved a lot. That's it's true. We can we can we can start putting little pins in the timeline here. <laughs> we just gotta find the Pepe Sylvia pin, right? Oh shit! Wrong <laughs> podcast. Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> talking mario brothers the movie anyway uh so our cast join us next week (laughs) shit uh so our cast for this week's episode we have hank peggy and bobby hill luann platter dale nancy and joseph gribble boom hauer bill dotrieve con men and connie super and pone uh we have a debut of one eugene grandy mark who's eugene grandy uh, Eugene, isn't that Eustace's boy? It is not Eustace, because that's Eustace and Randy. Eugene is actually Bobby's choir teacher. 
Oh, damn it, you're right. My bad. No, it's okay. okay. And uh, do you remember who, who voices the late, great Eugene Grandy? I don't, because I thought it might have been David Herman, but I wasn't sure. So, you're actually not wrong, because technically David Herman did voice him after the actor who originally voiced him uh, died, tragically. Pretty tragically. Who was that? I don't, I don't think I know this one. Uh, so, Eugene Grandy is actually voiced by the late, great John Ritter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's, I mean... He, Why would they change it? Uh, well, because John he Ritter... died in, like, he, what, 2003 or something? I want to say that, but the show continued on until almost 2010, I want to say. Yeah, right, but why would they re-voice him? It was, this was, like, season two. It's true. I mean, they, they revoiced him after John... No, they haven't revoiced him in this episode. It's still John Ritter. But later in the oh, series when we see oh, Eugene. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm no, sorry. I, I am so that. dumb. I was like, wait, what is going on? I, I I did not go into that very well. No, that's my fault. I was dumb. I deserve a hit. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> okay, buddy. Uh, so that is Eugene Grandy. And then we have uh, John Redcorn as well. So yes. this week's writer is actually the same writer for both episodes that we have on this episode, Mr. Jim Dotrieve, or Dotrieve. I'm not exactly sure how he uh, how he pronounces it, but he is. It's got to be Dotrieve. It's right? got to be like, Dotrieve because he is, in yeah. fact, it's they honored him and his name by giving him, giving Bill his last name. Um, I will tell you right now, this guy he doesn't make bad bad episodes. Like I don't think he he does a single one. I can tell you right now that one of them that he has done is, in fact, a Blue Flame of Valor for me. It always has been. It always will be. It's probably my favorite episode, bar none, in the entire series. But I'm not going to spill think, out. I think I know which one you're talking about. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure you do. And we'll get there sooner <laughs> rather than later. He also did Nine Pretty Darn Angry Men, which is a fantastic parody and a great Cotton episode. Yeah. This Super guy, he writes, he writes episodes that really, they encompass a lot of people. Like, I don't know about you, this one is a, it's a pretty fun, like, pseudo-Dale episode, but it's a way better Con and Hank episode. But you also, like, feel like the kids all get to shine in this, too. Like, it's just very well written. Jim Dotrieve yeah, yeah, yeah. is fantastic, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, you ready for a synopsis, Mark? Yeah, lay it on me, buddy. Uh, Bobby and Connie are coming of age, and they meet with Joseph in the traditional Arlen Whoopi spot, the Boneyard. <laughs> I figure that's uh, that's basically the gist of this episode, right? For, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, for lack of a better term, it's it's basically Bobby, Connie, and Joseph all saying, "Well, we're preteens. Damn it, we want to go and do stuff that preteens and teenagers do." And so they go and they hang out in this these like weird underground caves that for some reason aren't boarded up and are not an issue for pe the people of Arlen. Like, this right here kind of dates this show because that shit would not fly now. I was going to say, like, it was a different time, though. This is 97. Like, um, <laughs> there was caves everywhere, man. It's true. I mean, we're only t not even 10 years out from Baby Jessica fell down the well, so clearly these people don't <laughs> care. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh so our a story characters we've got bobby connie and joseph and then hank con and dale kind of bring up the rear but i'm calling them like subplot a characters because everybody's involved it's really only one story there's no b story in this yeah and i don't know i think feel like we can jump right into pros and cons what do you think yeah let's go for it let's hear some pros mark i've been talking a lot already no 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 you're good um 
so my biggest one is the animation in this episode is super great. Yes. There's the bit in the cave when Joseph jumps into the cave and then he's backlit by the flashlight and then he's like side lit and then he's forward lit because Bobby's now in the same chamber as him. Oh, like, yeah. Just little moments like that. It's like, oh, my it, holy shit. It's beautiful. It's given the uh, the lighting guy in me like a, an, an internal boner. I, I absolutely agree. Like, you don't see that much attention to detail in most animated shows. You just get front light, you know? If mm-hmm. I'm watching The Simpsons or Futurama or something like that, they're not going to bother trying to do funky lighting, like lighting stuff. And I don't know if that just no, has yeah. to do with, uh, you know, the way Mike Judge likes to animate his stuff. Because it is, like, oddly realistic sometimes. But shit, yeah. it works for me. No, I absolutely it- agree with that. It just looks good. I don't think it's looked this good maybe since Texas City Twister, but I could be misremembering. I no, I wouldn't say it's as good as Texas City Twister, but it is pretty dang good. Um, it's really good at hitting those like adolescent beats. I Yeah. It's fun it's fun reminiscing about being the weird fat kid. Yeah, absolutely. And suddenly you're not that funny anymore cuz you were never that funny to begin with. Well, and everybody else is just kind of like <laughs> You know, they're all growing up around you. This is a kind of a through line we'll find with Bobby in specific, very specific targeted episodes, too, coming up here. Like, I'm thinking yeah. of um, the specific one where, where Joseph basically comes back and he's no longer voiced by Brittany Murphy. Bobby mm-hmm. not developing at the same rate as anybody else is a pretty big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. This is a great, it's a great episode for adolescents, you know? Yeah. We haven't jumped into a very, like, Bobby-centric episode for a while. I don't even remember what the last Bobby, big Bobby-centric episode was where he got, like, well, a we, good chunk of the focus. Other than... We just had um, Husky Bobby. I, as I say, other than Husky Bobby. Oh, then yeah. <laughs> now, Sorry. You're, you're already ahead of me, man. That's good. Same, same track. <laughs> same good. We just... We can't be critical if we can't remember what we said. You it's know, true. like... No, you're right. You're right. We were just. But Mark said in episode three that. Blah, blah. <laughs> what am I supposed to imagine that this is some sort of magical xylophone? <laughs> Can you get into the castle without the wizard's key? What Sorry. the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I'm doing a little bit of Simpsons data for you, where they're making uh, fun of Itchy and Scratchy. No, isn't that the, isn't that the follow-up line? I, oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's, it's the questionnaire with Homer, and he goes, what in the hell? I can't, I don't, can't do a Homer, but yeah, and he's like, what in the hell are you talking about? And I want to say it's um, um, the voice of Itch or whatever, and she goes like, um, wow, you really handled these uh, convention nerds well or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I definitely. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. We, we, we digress. Um, What other pros? How about you? Give me some of your... Okay. uh, That's pretty much all I got. Give me some of yours. Uh, So some of the pros I have. um, I love Eugene Grandy as a character. Like, he's a fun little foil most of the time. He he reminds me a lot because, I mean, obviously we have to make some comparisons to Beavis and Butthead because it's Mike Judge. So he reminds me a lot of their teacher, Mr. Van Dries... No, Mr... Yeah, Mr. Van Driesen. For a second, I thought it was Mr. Anderson. I'm like, that's not right. Mr. Van Driesen. <laughs> and so, like, he's got that kind of higher-pitched voice, snivelly, thick Coke bottle glasses. You know, he, he seems like the kind of guy who would march for 
I don't know, to protect itchy algae and, and granola and shit. <laughs> like, yeah, am I wrong? Like, he definitely strikes you no, as that kind all. of guy. And his, like, it's nothing is more personified. Like, it's it's not, it's not shown any better than just this very perfect introduction of him screaming at them going, loud is not allowed, and using his stupid <laughs> little pitch pipe until Hank just takes it from him and puts it on top of the, of the shelf. Which, by the way, is one of my favorite moments of this entire episode. Fantastic moment. It's also, yeah, that's on one of my favorite moments. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to take that from you, but. Like, no, you not at all. We can have the same one. It's okay. You, like, can't, you can't bring up Grandy without talking about Hank just basically treating him like a child. Which is great. Oh, yeah. Um, dude, Khan is on fire in this episode. Yeah, yes. Like there is really, a lot really of great con episode. Very, there's a lot of very good like jabbing and stabbing points to him in this. Um, he's like, maybe we can go and find him at the Contemporary Art Museum. Oh wait, Arlen doesn't have a Contemporary Art Museum. <laughs> um, I love where he's talking to Hank about Passant Paid, and you yeah. can very visibly see and is enjoying that Hank is just sitting there squirming about it. And he's like, you don't have to explain a home run to me, man. Like, oh, it's just yeah. fantastic. And then his, No, it's great, yeah. This is the theater geek in me, and I hope that you enjoy this line every time you hear it, too. He compares Joseph and his family to a Tennessee Williams play. And damn if that is not the most accurate thing I have ever heard. God damn it, you got me for two of my favorite things in this episode oh, already. I am so sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine, it's fine. Because <laughs> we've been talking all that good shit lately about, oh, we never overlap on looking at each other's favorite moments and favorite quotes. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good, buddy. Oh, man. I'm glad that, I'm glad we have some overlap, too, because it's good to, it's good to, what do you call that, edify your beliefs and share whatever. I oh, for you sure. Go. Well, and uh, yeah. how many, I don't know how many of our listeners, probably at least one of them are theater majors like the two of us. So it's definitely a joke that's more made for us. So if you and yeah. I didn't enjoy that, it would be a little weird. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, Peggy flying off the handle with men is also hilarious to me because it's like almost not subtle racism where she just straight up goes, well, of course it doesn't. You don't care what happens to Connie. She'll just come back as a grasshopper and immediately realizes, oh man, I just duped that up. I porked it. Yeah. I porked Um, it real hard. I want to say this might be the first time I've ever noticed. Uh, Did you notice the look between uh, John Redcorn and Nancy when they talk about how this is where half of Arlen's unplanned pregnancies start? Yes. I think yes, we found did. out where Joseph was conceived. I think we I think you might have something there, buddy. Right. Um and I've got one more pro and it's the, Hank and Con in the end, they have a very cool genuine friendship moment. Like Yeah. Yeah, I think it was King of the Anthill and we talked about how I didn't think that Dale and Hank were best friends. It's Dale and Con, but I think this is like the first time you really get it out of them. Right? And Hank is showing at this point, like, yeah, I really don't like my neighbor, but really, out of a lot of other people, he's not as bad as I want to give him credit. It just sucks that he's constantly making fun of me for being a redneck. <laughs> like, I really yeah. do think Hank likes him, even if he doesn't want to admit it. I think he does, too. Uh, th- that's what I've got for pros, man. i got some cons, right. too. Um, I got some weird notes. Let's hear some notes, man. 
All right, so number one, Joseph's model is weird to me when he's topless. I don't know what it is. He's too buff to be a preteen. Yes. This is shades Whatever. of, like, older J- Joseph. Yeah, just a bit. It's like, you can't tell me he's jacked, like, 11 years old. I don't know. Maybe he is. <laughs> um, we get more of Bill's horrific upbringing, where he actually talks about being put in pretty, pretty dresses. Yes. Yes, he does. I noticed that, too. I was like, holy crap. This is more of, of Bill just, like, we're, we're peeling away those layers. We're not going to get a lot more of him about his dad, but oof. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to get a lot more of it. What we're getting already is just great. Um, I think this is a special episode because unless I remember it wrong, this episode gives us the namesake of one of our rating tiers because it gives us a butane, which is a bastard gas, right? Yeah. This is the first time. It does. Yep. <laughs> it's in my favorite moments that butane is a bastard gas. <laughs> ah, I gotcha. Oh, good. It's like Battleship. It's, it's like weird battleship that only makes sense to us. It it really I love that that <laughs> description because it's pretty much perfect. Because it's not even that I'm mad that you got it. I'm just I'm glad that you and I are like I said we're we're syncopated here. Uh, I have a question for you, Mark. Yeah, lay it on me. You are 11 years old and you get 20 bucks to go down to the corner store. What are you buying? Oh man, I'm 11. I'm all about smart food and probably Pokemon cards. Probably. No, you know what? I got 20 bucks. It's all 20 bucks worth of Pokemon cards. Okay. Yep. How about I'm, you? Uh, it's not very much different than me at almost 32. I'm probably going to buy Gummy Worms. I'm probably going to buy Code Red Mountain Dew. And <laughs> shit, I don't even know. How much How much does that mean with what, like 10 bucks? Yeah. Yeah, I'm buying Pokemon cards too. Sweet. I'm absolutely buying Pokemon cards too. I just, I love that scene where all three of them are in there and, and they all have very specific things they're picking out, except for Bobby, who's trying to be mature and he picks out the, the pantyhose. It's such <laughs> like, a weird moment. Like, yep. Yeah. I don't know. Bobby gets so cringy in this episode. Like, it hurts. He does, but I get it. He's trying so hard. Like, oh, and this yeah. is the first time that, like, this is the first time that he's not the, like, I don't want to say the one in charge, but the one in charge, you know? It's the first time that he's not the only object in, in Connie's eye. You know, he's never had yeah. to fight for that before. So, yeah, no, it's, well, and like you said earlier in the episode, this is a great adolescent episode, like, all about growing up and all that sort of stuff. And this mm-hmm. is this personifies it just perfect. Like, how, like, uncool and cringy and not fun it is to watch Bobby just, like, kind of self-destruct halfway through the episode. Absolutely, yeah. Like, but we've then he just, all been there. Yeah, but then he does get it back with, well, you can eat me, it's fine. <laughs> yes, like, in Bobby fashion. Yeah. As only he can. <laughs> um, let's see, you got any, got any cons, Mark? Um, I got one final note before I do that. Yeah. Is this our first Monsignor Mar- Martinez? Or have yes. we seen him before? No, I'm yeah, pretty sure this is our first yep. Monsignor Martinez. I'm glad you wrote that down because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's our first Baya. Oh, Dios. <laughs> I really, I want somebody, and it might just have to be you and I, to make a supercut of every single episode of Monsignor Martinez. I, let's do it. I'm in. I'm down. Like... You know, I'm, I'm really curious to see if we can piece it together and make some sort of piecemeal, actual working story out of it like they do with the McBain ones in The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. I bet 
I bet you they do. I I'm bet you sure they complete, could, I bet you they totally mash, mesh up. Yeah. We could make it work because it's a Mexican soap opera. That shit doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> oh my Sorry God. to any fans of Mexican uh, soap operas that are listening to this. Telenovela fans, we're, we're sorry. <laughs> oh, shit, I feel like I just alienated a big crowd for us. Whoops. <laughs> eh, if that's all it took, they weren't trying hard enough. <laughs> Wait till they got to Lupe's Revenge, they'd explode. Oh, good night. <laughs> all right, anyway, let's get into some cons. I only have one. Okay. All right, so, and it's really stupid, but it's like a glaring comic book nerd. Uh, Randy's bandage is on the wrong side of his head. I have never noticed that. It really is. So when he is yelling into the cave at Joseph and Bobby, telling him to come back, come back, uh, the plane whacks him on his left side. That's true. Yeah. When they're coming out of the Megalomart with the new replacement plane, he's got a bandage on the right side. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Real dumb. Real, real comic book nerdy. And I'm almost sorry that I said it, but... <laughs> no, it, like it's that sort of continuity that we have come to expect from this show that's us that's the caliber of stuff that we do caliber of yeah. shit that we do i don't know why i you can tried say to not say shit, shit. <laughs> i was gonna say yeah. forget about it forget about it exactly <laughs> um since you just brought randy up he's my first yeah. con okay cool and he's such a whiny butt plug like i'm using verbatim what i have written <laughs> Greatest description ever in like, single podcast history. Randy is always a whiny butt plug, but he's just, it's on point right here. And it makes me laugh that even Bobby, who is not a bully, is getting digs in at him. Like, it feels like all three of them are just owning him. Yeah. And I love it. That's Randy great. Sucks. Oh, he totally so it's not really sucks. a con, it's just like, Randy, you suck, man. It's a good like, con. It is, right? Yeah. Um, the next one I've got, like, it doesn't, it's not really a con. Like, it is because it's a personal thing that just bugs me when I watch this episode. But it fits okay. so well with what you talked about with it being, this being a whole episode about growing up. And it's that Connie gets really unlikable by the end of this episode. She kind of really does. And I wonder if that's because she doesn't know how to be with other kids. So she just kind of starts marrying her mom a little bit. Right. And I could see because she she really shows that like kind of dickish, men and conish. How do you do that? Men and con dickishness. There we go. That yes, we've seen plenty of times by now. Even pretty well in this episode. And I, I wonder if that's what it is because she really doesn't get to hang around other kids. No, well, and she cut he she cut Bobby loose really fast. As soon as she found out that her and Joseph like had like one thing in common, it was oh basically my God, I know. hey, I'm not going to be friends with you because I'm going to be friends with this other kid now. And it just, I don't know, she felt very flip-floppy. And to me, that like, that's super unlikable. Especially when it's a girl playing in between two best friends that are guys. Yeah, like trying to split them. Yes, that has happened to me yeah. too many times. Oh, yeah. Poor, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and now I'm a mature enough adult that that doesn't happen anymore. Or if it does, I can just quietly cry about it to my therapist. But... <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know, something like that, it just, it hits a nerve. I think we've all been there before, where you lost a best friend because a girl didn't like you, or he they liked mm-hmm. her, him better. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, like I said, and but it's not really... And after they broke up, and it was, hey, man, I'm sorry, yeah, I bet you oh, are. Oh, yeah. Well, but, and it's, like I said, it's not really a con, because you, you nailed it perfectly when you said this is an episode about growing up. 
So, mm-hmm. um, my last one here, getting out of that, those caves would be stupidly easy. And I get that they're 11 years old, 11, 12 years old, <laughs> but they even have a light. Like there's three of them. Yeah. It's not very hard to basically just go, okay, we're going to leave a little breadcrumb trailer. We're going to make markings on the side of the cave. If this is the wrong one, <laughs> getting us back to the boneyard. And then mm-hmm. it's one of two routes that we can take i wonder if we go down the wrong one where the right one is this is where the writing starts to fall apart for me i'll give it to you buddy it's fine (laughs) so i don't know maybe that's the boy scout in me going what the hell this is basic this is basic shit i did this when i was eight no and i'm with you because i kind of felt the exact same way it's like boy this is I can buy the kids getting lost, sure, because they're kids and stupid. Right. But I don't buy Hank and Con getting stuck in the hole. Like, no. No, I I can definitely just see Hank. Let me boost you up, Con. Well, and Con is, it, for lack of a better you know. term, like almost redneck, cranked. Yeah. Like, it, it, they show it really good way later in the in the series, but like. Khan is not a he's not a fat guy by any means. Yeah, he's a little hefty. He's like Boomhauer's build at this point. But he's got yeah. the ability to like exactly lift himself up if he needs to. So I don't yeah, know. yeah there's some flaws in here. So I don't have a lot of retro reference rage for this episode, except nobody knows what ep- like I, I yet I have yet to understand or even see what movie Harvey Keitel was naked in. It's either one called Bad Lieutenant or one called The Piano. And I'm pretty sure I got myself on all sorts of weird lists when I looked it up on Google today. (laughs) It's not something I really wanted to dive into, but I had to. And if you just type in Harvey Keitel nude, it looks way bad, like you're a bad 10-year-old trying to find nudes. You're a weird 10-year-old, too. You're a really weird... (laughs) So I also have some issues here. Nobody, not even Simpsons fans at, at this point, remember who Peter Frampton is. Yeah. Absolutely nobody knows who Norman Mailer is. And I'm sorry to say, man, you might be the last person I know that even owns a copy of Playboy. I was going to even make that little note. I kind of thought it was funny. Hey, it's a Playboy. Is there a copy by Norman Mailer? Because, hell, I'm pretty sure he still contributes. I bet he's dead and contributes. Like... And also, I don't own a copy of Playboy. I had a subscription in college. Let's be real it's clear. It's true. And you are the only person I know that had the Marge Simpson Playboy. And and to be clearer, I literally did read it just for the articles. It's true. But hey, we live in an age of, of internet, and we grew up and went to college in the age of internet. We don't need magazines. I honestly Let's thought it made me weird. like interesting to have. I don't know. And now I'm just like. <laughs> hey. You're you you're a piece of shit. You're gonna be a piece of shit. You piece of shit. <laughs> oh come now. Oh, I also have one more line. Sorry. No, go for it. Um, it's Dale. Nothing lovers. There's nothing that lovers do that can take this long. And John Redcorn <laughs> coming in with perhaps if you consider only your needs. Yep. And oh man. Oh. Yep. Oh. I. Uh, So I have uh, one of those lines from that very scene in my favorite moments, Mark. And it's just, how did he know I wanted a beer? (laughs) (laughs) Which happens a lot with Dale. I think this is the first instance of that. Yeah. Um, It's 
it's a good it's a good little bit that happens again and again. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. just so on the nose. It's one of those like, hey, just in case you forgot, they're doing it. <laughs> I so that's kind of like it's not a con con, but it's a sub con for me. Boy, do they rub that in your face this episode, or is that just me? No, they do it a lot, and I think it's because so much of it is is centered around making whoopee. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I just. I don't know. I feel like they are way up with it. I don't know. I, the only one I can think of that's only that is, that is wow. That is as bad as this is the Thanksgiving in the airport episode. But yeah, I would agree. Um, I so know, I yeah. have I have something controversial to say, and you're never going to expect it coming out of my mouth. Lay it on me. I don't think this episode changes if you take Dale out of it. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's like it's and it's controversial because you know how much I love Dale, and every time he's on screen, I just like lose it. Yeah, I really he does not add very much to this other than a couple of cute one-liners. I caught that too, and some of his one-liners are weird. Right. Like his like big heap trouble, big heap him trouble, and it's like, why would you say it like that? I also noticed that on this viewing. It gets, okay, it's cool. Very weird that he uses specific Native American language, and John Redcorn hasn't even been seen at that point in the episode, I don't think. Yeah. Is it like, yeah. we have to tit for tat, Dale can be racist against Natives if John Redcorn makes a blatant sleeping with your wife joke? I mean, maybe. I also <laughs> noticed that there's a very cruel joke about him telling Joseph that he's adopted every time he wants to correct Holy him. Holy shit, I caught that too. Oh my god. And it's like, oh, Dale, dude. And th- Now, that one, I think, is probably his best line in the whole episode. Just yes. because of how ignorant he is and how perfect it is. <laughs> it is it's fantastic, yes, but good lord, is it terrible. Uh-huh. Well, did I steal all your favorite moments, Mark? Um, No, yeah, you did. It's fine. I, we can have the same ones. Do you have an extra one? I have one more that we didn't get, and it's just okay. a line from Khan. It's basically stay away from Bobby. He will he will weigh you down like a chicken fat anchor. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this! Like I said, Khan is on fire this episode. He is just like slinging the the hillbilly jokes and trashing Arlen and just oh man, he is so good this episode. <laughs> he takes the cake for like best character for sure. Oh hell yeah, yeah absolutely. Now why I'll stick you with beer. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Worst birthday ever. Did you expect him to be 41? I'm not going to say no, but I'm not going to say yes. I guess I didn't think about it that much. By this point, I haven't. Yeah, it makes sense because you figure that what Hank and... I don't know, probably. I would guess Hank and Peggy are are close to 40, if not 40. I'd say younger than that, though, right? Because Bobby's... How long did it take... How long did they try for Bobby? They make a point of it, and I can't remember. So I know they... It was when they got laid. They tried a lot for Bobby, but they also waited a long time after they were married. Like, or to get married. Yeah. Because, like, they met in high school. They were high school sweethearts, and they waited quite a while to get married, and then they tried for it. I yeah. want to say, like, it just, their timeline is weird to me. I want to say they didn't really get married until maybe 22 or 23, and they probably didn't get pregnant with what Bobby I until, like, maybe 25 or 26. So even then, at the very latest, I'd put them only at, what, 38, 38 years old. Yeah. So, yeah, 37, 38, yeah. So. I don't know. 
I and I know I realize I'm just being weirdly critical over nothing. No, no, it. like it's it's curious because they don't really ever talk about Hank's age and Peggy's age and that weird little timeline. Other than like you get a little bit of a dip into it when they start talking about it. Like I think end of season four when they want to try and have another kid. Yeah, that and then yeah with the um, yeah. I was going to say with the skydiving episode, I was like, but duh, that's, that's a skydiving that's the, episode, sorry. No, you're good, buddy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes you can't see the forest through the trees, you know? Oh, like, absolutely. Holy shit. You want to rate this bad boy? Uh, you want to run us through the rating system, Mark? You want me to? I want you to. I think I, think I did it I last think you, time. I don't I know. Think you you do did. It. You've got a good spiel, but I can try. All right, so uh, our rating system goes as follows. Our very low tier, the absolute worst of the worst episode, which we have yet to encounter so far in this magical journey of podcasting, is our charcoal lever <laughs> level. It is F tier. It is worse than the soot underneath Bobby Hill's fingernails. These are episodes that are dang near unwatchable. Um, from there, we have our megalo rating. That's our mm, bronze tier there's a couple of good jokes in there. They don't really do a whole lot for the show. If they're on, you might watch them, and you may watch them one more time if you decide to rewatch the series. But for the most part, you're probably going to skip over them. After that, we have our mm-hmm. butane level. That's a silver. Uh, butane is usually a pretty good episode. You're not going to skip over it if you see it on TV. You'll get a couple of chuckles out of it, and usually there's one or two like little nuggets of very good stuff in it. And then after that, we have our Char King Imperial rating. These are the gold standards. These are episodes that are pretty close to perfect. They show everything that this show is about, everything that we want this show to be, and, well, there's usually just a couple of minor hiccups. This is pretty dang close to just about perfect television. Now, very last, we have The Blue Flame of Valor. This is the S-rank, absolute perfect episode. This is what the show encompasses and embodies. Mark and I have each given one S rank apiece so far, and we are well through, we're like about halfway through season two, I want to say at this point, right, Mark? I think so, yeah. So uh, we've given one each, and uh, I made a very bold prediction in our first couple of episodes that we were only going to give out about five. I don't see more than five perfect episodes in this entire series. So uh, our rating scale is charcoal all the way up to blue, blue flame of valor. What do we got uh, for this episode? What do you give The Sun That Got Away, Mark? Um, I'm going to give The Sun That Got Away a butane. It's a fine episode. It's got some really solid moments. It's got some really solid Hank and Cod moments. But then it's also got some really stupid moments, like The Cave. The Cave is a stupid pain-in-the-ass moment, and I'm with you on it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah, it's it's fine. I don't hate it, but I certainly don't love it, and... Really, for me, the only standout moment of it is the Hank and Khan talking in the cave. That's that's pretty much the only big one for me, but that's that's what I got. How about you, uh, buddy? You know, I gave it the same rating. I gave it a butane. I, I found it, you know... Oh, it, shit. Really? Did, okay. Like, you and I were spot on with this one, I think, and, I, you know, I don't know. I That is really weird, I saw yeah. it as, you know, a fun coming-of-age story that's very well contained in about 20 minutes, but this is not an episode I'm going to seek out. I'm not going to go hunting through Hulu or hunting through my DVDs to try and find it. It's not that good of an episode. You know, mm-hmm. I, shoot, one of the best uh, best characters we get is Bobby's choir teacher, and he has a lot of other funny stuff. So I can't justify watching the first five minutes of this just to watch the whole dang episode. <laughs> yeah, right, absolutely. So, 
Well, Mark, you ready to move on to our next episode? Let's put this episode on top of the choir cabinet. The, the sheet music repository. Depository. The sheet Texas. music repository. Yes. <laughs> How foolish of me. <laughs> Gonna nail somebody. What do we from, got? From, from, I'm trying to make a music joke about the grassy knoll, but I can't seem to find it. Damn it. Damn no, I got it. I totally got it. I totally understood it. <laughs> um, <coughs> oh, Jesus. All right, so our next episode is number 21, The Company Man. We have an original air date of December 7th, 1997. Uh, Before you go any further, I got one. Okay. Okay. All right, kids, turn in your music book to 346. Jack Ruby Tuesday. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Cam done, sorry. It poor little JFK. <laughs> he just had his JFK. <laughs> JFK. He was a good dude who nailed a blonde broad. <laughs> had his brain splattered all over the bandstand. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, as we stated oh, earlier, man. this is also written by Jim Dotrieve. Um, yep. I will say, like, I think I, I hyped him up a little bit from that last episode. And then you and I just kind of dumped all over it a little bit at the end. Just saying, eh, it's middle of the road. And I think I hyped it up so much because this one is a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, our cast of characters for this episode are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boom Hauer, Bill Dotrieve, Khan, Super Nusipone. We have the debuts of a couple of very, very important characters in Buck Strickland mm-hmm. and M.F. Fatherton. Fatherton. We have a couple of one-time cameos from Mr. and Mrs. Holloway. Uh, also, relatively famous uh, voice... Well, one's a very famous voice actor. The other one is a pseudo-famous not-voice actor, I guess. I, I know her because she's okay. in Greece. Okay. Uh, we have a, a, a chiffon, a debut and only appearance, and she, she's just Nancy Gribble, but I'm going to bitch about that later. Oh, hey, I was going to bitch about that later, too, but it's cool. Yep. And then we have a mention of Leanne Platter. Leanne Platter, yes. Oh, Leanne. Uh, Okay. So, when a big shot real estate developer comes to town, Hank pulls out all the stops to ensure that Strickland gets this Yankees business. Mark, tell tell me a little bit about the company man. Jesus Christ, number one. This, I just, I got to get this out of the way first, because I can't name it as a con... Because, again, we haven't established. I think the timeline is weird and wonky enough, and I think that you could stick this episode pretty much anywhere between episode right now and episode three, and it would not make a difference in any character. Okay. That's, that's number one. And I say that because, God damn it, this episode is so ugly, just the way that it looks. There is not a... I'm sorry. Like There is a very specific reason for that. You want to hear it? Okay. Because I, I also yeah, I have that in my me. cons. Uh, I okay. Put, the animation is pretty awful. And when I looked up, I was looking up facts and stuff. This episode is on the season one disc and was produced in season one. Okay. Shit. They just cool. Aired, there it is. They aired All right. It, yep. They aired it out of production sequence in season two, but it's supposed to be in season one. Okay. I feel like that <laughs> makes a lot more sense. Right. Fantastic. Okay. Cool. Um. Hmm, that changes a lot of stuff for me then. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's still like, 
it came out in season two and it definitely premiered like after the fact they needed to at least just like i don't know tv networks were not unaccustomed to just throwing a random random brand new episode in the middle of something like in the middle of the summer they could have just dropped it then when they're doing reruns it's very true i i think my big hang-up is like I'm expecting the the way that they're watching these to be the way that I watched them back, or, you know, the way that they released them back when. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. And I guess we have proof of that here. So, cool. Not chalk that one up to me. Kind of, sort of. Hashtag confirmed. (laughs) Um, There is one point I want to make that you didn't hit in your synopsis. Let's hear it. Bobby is writing a paper for Sunday School. Oh, yeah. About the man I admire the most. Who writes papers for Sunday School? That was one of my notes. Who the hell does... Yeah, like... But then also, think about how many times we see Bobby get into trouble or shenanigans by way of Sunday school-based homework. Are you talking about Revenge of the Ludafisk, Mark? Um, well, no, I was oh. thinking... Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking of times he gets in trouble in the church. Because there's a lot of Oh, no, of I mean, like, straight up, like, Sunday school shenanigans he gets in trouble for. The biggest yeah. one for me was... I, you, I guess you could call the one where he becomes like the born again hard rock Christian, but I'm not counting that one. <laughs> yeah, please tell me you're talking like, about Jesus, the prestidigitation. That's exactly what I'm going for. Yeah, that. Yeah, like <laughs> for my next trick, I'll need two boards and three nails. Yep. Yep. God, I didn't. I have never really made that connection before. Like he get he really. You need to take Bobby out of Sunday school. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's just <laughs> these are his worst moments. I, I'm putting that on my keep an eye on it list for um Bobby in Sunday school. Pro- like Bobby, yeah, Bobby Sunday school shenanigans. But yes, yeah. <laughs> How about you? Um, give me some of your pros. Um, because so I know that you love this episode. I really, I mean, I do. I really do. Um, the first one I've got on here. And it's, it's really hard for me to understate this. This is probably the best secondary character in the entire series. He gets introduced in the first five minutes. Yeah. And, and I correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. I think you and I, are, are we have like same brain when it comes to this. I feel it. I feel like I can channel you right now. Buck Strickland <laughs> is one of the funniest characters ever on TV. I... Maybe I'm older now or whatever, but I put he's horrible. He's oh, he funny. Is awful. He is great, but good lord, what a oh god, he's uh, yeah, like no. But he's always just, promised to be awful. Yeah, and he does it, and he always is, and we never have like we never have buck atoning for his sins, and I'm never. so glad we don't have that crap. Like it's yeah, absolutely. Never. I mean, you get way you get balls deep into this into the catalog of episodes here, and like the stuff with Ray Roy, and when they go to to like <laughs> Branson, Missouri, like there's it's so so ridiculous, and Buck is yeah. Buck is Buck the entire time, and I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. So yes. that's, I mean, I've got that in my pros is that we get introduced to probably the best secondary character in the whole series. <laughs> um, we yeah. also get an intro for Hank's nemesis, M.F. Fatherton, a fantastic <laughs> cameo. <laughs> Who's the cameo? Uh, it is one Burt Reynolds who plays M.F. Yeah, Fatherton. It's Mr. Yeah, Smokey it in, in the flesh. <laughs> no, he's not Smokey. He's the bandit. Wow, that was stupid. Yeah, he's the it's all right. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just MF Thatherton, man, and he comes back a whole bunch. You get a lot of really fun stories out of Thatherton, who, uh, oddly enough, for somebody who has his business across the street from Strickland, you don't see him all that often. I feel like they're really they use don't. him very yeah. sparingly. Um, let's see. I I think Hank is showing a pretty realistic view of what it's like in modern Texas versus what it was like, you know, what Holloway is expecting from like the 1850s. Right, yeah. You know, you still get you get the giant ass steak, you still get the the cafeteria style food, like you still get Texas. It's very much Texas. It's just not mm-hmm. 1850s Texas. Which is reasonable. How does this man, like, think that there's going to be, like, six shooters and gunfights? You know what I mean? Like, oh, for I sure. I don't know. I don't, he's he's yeah. lucky that he gets the little bits of that Texas that, you know, I I don't know. I Holloway, he bugs the crap out of me, but that's why I think he's such a funny character in this entire episode. Um, oh, I, yeah, he's great. Yeah. I love his, wow, these are Texas-sized hot towels. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's just, I've got it on here. There's Texas-sized everything when it comes down to this, which is Hank's hat and, oh, man, the, the world's longest salad bar and second longest sneeze guard. Which, gross, finish it, finish the project. <laughs> really? Um, and then the last pro I've got here, I love the interaction, like the immediate mood shift. It's like the only time that Holloway rep, like represents massive... Taxachufits. We're just going to call it Taxachufits here. Um, yes. It's the only time he is showing that he is very much a Nor'easterner is when he just looks at Hank and says, LBJ killed Doc Kennedy. And like, stone face. <laughs> and to me, that is the funniest thing ever because I've met a lot of people from, from Massachusetts and they're like that. You don't talk shit on the Kennedys. You do not. Yeah. And they take it very personally. It's like talking shit on the Red Sox. You just don't do it. Or Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, give me, give me some of your pros. <laughs> um. <laughs> sorry. No. <laughs> um. So I don't have a ton of pros for this episode. I okay. was really excited to watch it, and then I watched it, and I was like, eh, "Whatever, it's fine." Okay. I got. I got a couple. No, I don't even have notes. Like. This episode's weird, and I guess now that you talk about showing it out of syndication, why are Boomhauer and John Redcorn hanging out? Well, because it's season one, and that's why. Like, I have okay. that in here too. And that, but now that makes sense. A lot of the notes that I took were just like me hating, but um, I do have a favorite line. Okay, not to jump the gun too far, no, but we're already it. talking about him. Um, MF Thatherton. The MF stands for my friend. I love that. We almost got Hank to, you get one F-bomb per movie, and this is where <laughs> Hank was going to say it. Like Now, see, that is one of my cons in here, but knowing that, once again, okay. that this is out of sequence, and this was an, an episode, like a season one joke, it makes way more sense because Hank isn't as established in season one. I just think the, yeah. him him calling, or almost calling Fatherton an MF-er is just out of character for Hank. Or this is what, like, this is Hank's mortal nemesis. I was going to say, this is the level of hatred he has toward Thatherton. Thatherton. 
I can't not say yeah. it like that. Like, it's so hard not to say it like that. Oh, yeah, that. you got to say it that way. Yeah, no. <laughs> give me give me some more pros, because I feel bad, because I know that you love this episode. No, I mean... And I don't hate it. I just... I, I don't know. It just wasn't <laughs> the same. I don't know. So I don't have any more pros for this, but I do have a couple cons that we haven't okay, already yeah. brought up here. Um, because, okay, cool. I mean, we've already talked about how awful the animation is. Um, uh-huh. We just brought up the MF but joke. Makes sense. We already yeah. talked about Red Redcorn and Boomhauer just hanging out in the belt and hat store. My next one: Who carries fifty dollars in singles? Hank does. Like, oh no, Peggy does apparently. Well, that's what I mean. But like, yeah, sorry, I meant to say that. Yeah, I'm no, no, no. Like, like it just is. It's so weird, and I get it. They're they're going to Jug Store Cowboys, which perfect, absolute perfect name. That's like Bob's Burgers level of, of ridiculousness in a business name. Um, but 50 bucks in singles and her just, this is what I keep, to, or this is what I got to do to keep you in these pretty dresses. And she just speeds off. Like, it kills me. And then my last one here, and we already brought it up at the very beginning. Chiffon is just Nancy. Oh my God, I know. She, like, yeah. you're not trying, guys, and I'm done giving you this as a pass. We've been done for a couple of episodes now. because. But this is oh. still season one, though, so we can't hate it. Oh, I have God, to really, I like, yep. I really have to curve my, my grading on this one because it's not. It's different. It's just, it has to be. Like, we, if they were pulling this shit in season one, I bet we'd love it still. It's true. But, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, did we kill all Where your cons? Um, yeah, literally we got them all. Okay. Get, you know what? I'll, I have one more. Go for it. Give the man the price of the steak. Go to hell with this macho. If you got ass, you can't afford. No, no, piss on you. Do you know how hard it is to come by money? Like, no. I work hard for my money. You give me the steak price there, honey. Like, you Absolutely. don't know. Go to hell. I'm sorry. That really pissed me off. And I for That whole scene. And then he takes one bite of it. And I'm just like, you piece of shit. Stick and I get it. It's the point. That's done. He's obnoxious. It, it's, he's great. But whatever. I. Mm, you know, yeah. you and I have a, a very dear mutual friend who has actually done a 72-ounce steak challenge. I, th- I swear yeah. I've never seen anyone more proud of anything. Than when he showed me his completion certificate, like, I swear it's just the funniest thing in the world to me, and it's it's an insult to anybody who's ever actually down that much meat. I'm missing All right, I'm calling it right. I I do too. I'm calling it right now, buddy. Okay. Um, you and me, like, I don't know. What do you want to call it? March of 22, 20, yeah, twenty two. We're going down to Amarillo. We're getting us a seventy two ounce steak. We're gonna eat them. Oh, we're going to do this. it. I'm into it, dude. Road tripping. We're doing it. All right, cool. I'm, I'm into before it. Before we do that, <laughs> before we do that, we should do this. Ah. This, uh, the reference range that I've got for this episode here. Mark, have you ever once watched an episode of Dallas? I have not. Neither have I. And the only reason I even know who JR is is because of The Simpsons. Who, who is he in The Simpsons? So he's not in The Simpsons, but he is the he's basically the brainchild, like the the inspiration for the biggest mystery in The Simpsons history, because they've totally ripped off Dallas and Who Shot Jr. with Who Shot Mr. Burns. 
Oh, no shit. I had no idea. Yes. Okay. It was a two-episode event, and it was all about who shot JR, and you had to wait all summer to figure it out. Like, Oh, yeah. It was well, a big thing, and The Simpsons totally ripped it off. Huge thing, And if yeah, you don't okay. even know that, like, that's that dude, that's not going to hold up. No, you're right. Hell, I mean, The Simpsons is, is more popular at this point, and they're ripping something else off. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and I also got a question for you. Okay. Uh, who who does uh, or who? Oh my God! I can I can phrase this correctly. I swear to God. You're good, buddy. If I asked you who Willie Horton was, do you know who Willie Horton was? I have no idea who Willie Horton is and or was. So Willie Horton is currently still incarcerated okay. on October twenty sixth in nineteen seventy four in Massachusetts. Horton and his two accomplices robbed one Jason Fournier, a white 17-year-old gas station attendant, and then stabbed him 19 times. Oh, my God. Yep, he died. They tried to shove him in a trash can, and that was it. Cool. Now, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, now, and I'm, it's, it's ragey because nobody knows who in the hell Willie Horton is. You right. and I definitely don't and um, because we weren't alive when this was a big thing. Yeah. This was a big talking point for when George Bush Sr., H.W. Bush, was trying to be get, get elected. Oh, wasn't that the thing with the um the, the weekend furloughs when he did it, right? Yep. It yep. absolutely is. And Dukakis is the one who gave him the weekend furlough. Yeah, And so he was talking right. mad shit on Dukakis about it. So it makes sense that Dale would know this because Dale loves conspiracies and all this political nonsense. He keeps up on it, yeah. He loves these political dog whistles, but nobody else knows, and I had to go searching for it. <laughs> Fair enough. Makes sense. So, I don't know. Dale's just, say hi to Willie Horton for me. He's working at one of your schools. It's funny to me. But it's, no, it's great, yeah. It's, it's going to date it because you have to go and look for it. Unless you really want to go digging deep, that's what you get. But also, how old are we that, like... I knew who it was when you mentioned George W. Bush, like... Yeah, H.W. Bush. That's what I meant, George H.W. Bush. Sorry. George I'm more bothered Herbert that we just Walker. knew that, like... Ugh. <laughs> um, all right, let's hear some favorite moments, Mark. Uh, you got them. I don't know. Give me a mint julep. That one's pretty solid. <laughs> That's not even a Texas drink. <laughs> um, I don't know. I... I like Bobby throughout this episode. It's not a moment. I guess it's the, the span. But I like Bobby trying to piece together, like, what's happening. Or, like, yes. Hank's timeline. I love I love that he's doing this. And then I love that he just bails on it and decides to do Colonel Sanders. That's even better. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I've got a couple of good ones. Now, we never actually mentioned who um, Mr. Holloway and Mrs. Holloway are voiced by. Mrs. Yeah. Holloway is Stockard Channing. And you might said, remember her from thing, such films as... The only one I know her in is Grease, and she's like the only chick in that movie that's not actually kind of attractive. Yeah, okay. Because she's a million in that, too. <laughs> um, and then Mr. Holloway. Who's Mr. Holloway, Mark? I have no idea. I didn't check. No? no. He's Who everybody's is favorite intergalactic delivery boy. Billy West. Oh, shit. It is Billy West. I knew that. I even knew that it was Billy West because I saw it and went, ha, I f***ing knew it. It's Billy West. <laughs> God damn it. I even yep. knew that. And then you said it. Ah, damn it. All right. Yep. You he, got he me. He shows up a couple of times in this and it took me a long time to remember that it's Billy West. 
But then and as soon as you see that it's oh. Billy West, that's all you hear you is You immediately him hear doing, it. Yep, and then you're like, ah, shit, it is Billy West. Yep, that's right, yep. It's Billy West doing a, a basically a Massachusetts accent, like a Nor'easter accent. Yeah. The only, I mean, he's just missing the eye up. That's the only thing he's missing, otherwise he'd just be from Maine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I've got three favorite moments here, and we already kind of did one because you and I essentially, s- oh my God. <clears throat> you and I essentially sung it earlier. Okay. His song about Jr. being a really bad guy who lives on a ranch with his mom is always funny to me. Yes. Um, when Holloway looks at Hank and just goes, I asked you nicely to buy me a gun. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> it's just, I want a six-shooter, Jr. Give me a gun. <laughs> I asked you nicely. <laughs> it's perfect and then to this day every single time probably for the last 10 years i eat a salad i look at my wife and go i haven't got my croutons yet and every single time it gets her to laugh because it's (laughs) funny every single time i told you before and i'll tell you a thousand more times in the process of recording this Everything that comes out of Dale's mouth is practically gold, and he's just perfect. Yep. Oh. Well, let's give this guy a rating, man. <sighs> See, now my rating is all screwed up because of the, like, weird revelation. So, originally I was going to rate this as a megalo, and then we learned okay. everything that we did. Because, yeah, there's some funny parts, but, God, it's just awful and weird and wonky. And then we figured out what we did. And then all the weird little holes suddenly filled in. So I guess I still got it. I guess you, you look at it through that kind of framing. Lens. Yeah, lens. I guess I give it a butane, but yeah, that's where I fall. I don't know if that okay. makes sense, but yeah. No, I, I think you make a lot of strong arguments for it being a megalo. I know that this is definitely not one of your favorite episodes. I get that. It's got some, it good, it's just, got it some great moments, though. Yeah, like. It, it does. It does. Um, so I, this is a first for me. Okay. This rating is a first for me, and we've kind of tossed around this idea before, and I'm just calling it right now, because I can't in good conscience give this a butane, and I can't in good conscience give it a char king. Okay. So this is our first char-tane for me. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It is somewhere in between, (laughs) this is like the, the finished same time, like, it's like, I don't know. It's it's not it's not a gold standard episode. It's not definitely not a gold standard episode. No. And it's it's not good enough to be a silver, but it's not bad enough to be a bronze. Okay. Good so enough. So it's a chartain. There's some of the best pro Texas stuff that is just built into an ultimately very unimportant episode. Yeah, I'll give you. It that. It feels Absolutely. like there should be a lot more weight to this. We see, so we see Buck in the very beginning tell Hank about how important this is. And then Uh there is no repercussions when Hank walks out on Holloway later. Like, it's never brought up ever again. Right. And even Hank doesn't beat himself up about it, which is weird, considering how much he is the company man. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I gave it a Chartain, man. Good enough. I, yeah, I'm going to stick with my, yeah, I'm going to stick with my Megalo. Fair. My Megalotane. I guess it's Megalotane, whatever. But yeah, we both have (laughs) weird ones. Yeah. We'll call it. This is a weird episode. I got two questions for you, Johnny. Number one. All right. 
Number one, you're having pie. What type of pie and what type of ice cream are you having on it? Uh, I'm doing strawberry pie with vanilla bean ice cream. Ooh, okay. And it has to be, like, fresh out of the oven, like, I'm almost going to burn my mouth with the strawberry goo. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. How about you, Mark? I'm going to do uh, Reese's peanut butter cup with a little bit of chocolate ice cream. Ooh, okay. Get Yeah, just be the fattest kid ever. All right, and then my second yep. question is... Mayhan, is that you? All um, right. <laughs> God damn it, I can't. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. I got one more question, buddy. All righty. Do you still like King of the Hill? Uh, you know, Mark, I still really like King of the Hill. How about you? I still really like King of the Hill. All right. Well, I think we've done our job today, then. I think we've done our due diligence. Uh, why don't you tell the folks where we can uh, where we can com- commiserate with them and where they can tell us all about how I don't know Massachusetts people aren't all like Willie Horton. They're not all like Willie Horton, and all Texans aren't like you know rich dudes who live in a house with their mom. And what kind of pie and ice cream do you want? Let us know that one. You yeah. can do that by going over to danglepodcast at gmail.com. You can also do that by going to Dangle Podcast on Twitter. You can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. You can also find me at my other podcast, The Two Wizards Podcast. And Johnny, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at, at KrautBallStream. It's at KrautBallStream. Kraut is in sauerkraut, ball is in Swedish meatball, and stream as in, I don't know, the most part, most of the part of the word streamers? We're getting sloppy. I am. I'm gonna have to, like, get better at this. I need to write some of these down. It's <laughs> alright. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) Lives on a ranch with his mom. I asked you nicely to get me a gun. (laughs) 